there are probably a list of you on why this is going on on Monday, but this is Ellen Lewis, political podcast um, with Brett Palmer and Kayla Camp. You may know Kayla, but you don't know Grant, so Grant, tell, tell the viewers a little bit about yourself. Sure. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, I am 22 years old. I'm a senior mass media major here at VSU. I write for The Spectator. I've been writing for The Spectator for about two years now. And I'm interested in politics, current events, news, culture, uh, everything that makes headlines and makes the world go around. So, you yeah. name it, he knows it. Yo. Almost. <laughs> Almost. Well, Also, Kayla, we Is that just all I got for the first statement? Or yeah, I have a lot of things I can talk about. Okay, so yeah, I definitely agree. I don't know what we're doing at this point. Even before the World Health Organization declared this as a uh, national health issue, well, worldwide, really, it's yeah. a it's a global emergency. I would have already shut down travel. Mm-hmm. It's uh. For the viewers out there, just some quick facts about this coronavirus. I think there's now 7,000 reported cases. It could be 10,000. It did originate in China. China has quarantined 50 million people and counting. They have 15 cities on lockdown, including the city that it originated in, Wuhan. It's killed 160-so people. So... This has been going on for what, like, not even a week yet? No, not even a week. Okay, not even a week. Seattle. Yes, that's the other thing. It's spread to, yeah, thanks for reminding me. Mm -hmm. It's in 17 different countries, including the U.S., and I think it's been, like, in four states in the U.S. um, California, usually. Chicago, New Jersey, Seattle. Okay, so originally I thought it was just on the West Coast. No, it's, But it's it's really all in, it's in all... Four areas of the continental U.S. Yeah, so um, Trump monitored it. it <laughs> there's this joke on Twitter. I don't know like what side of Twitter y'all are on, but my side of Twitter, we always, I would say the S word on on Trump, considering like this uh, <laughs> the monitor the situation talk. But like we always joke about like how oh monitoring the situation and. That's it. Like, all he does is monitor. It's, it's kind of like um, with the World War Three scare with mm-hmm. Iran. Mm-hmm. He did launch back. He did kill Soleimani. But, you know, we're I'm monitoring the situation. <laughs> it's it's just the same thing here. It's like he monitored it. Or I can't even say that word. He monitored it. And that's it. He, he didn't halt travel, which 
by now I would have done already. Yeah. Cause I, the other thing I was talking about was like, we don't know how bad this thing's going to get, you know, yeah. like it could quadruple, it could explode like within the next week or the next day. Like Honestly, we don't know at the route it's going. That seems very likely. Yeah. We don't know how bad it's going to get. So it's like, let's not take our chances. Yeah. <laughs> let's not play it safe. Let's not play with fire. Yeah. Cause and, and then there's the, um, I don't know if y'all have seen this, like the accusations of let's not be racist. I have let's not shut down travel with Twitter. China. <laughs> yeah. Like, why are y'all being, it's not even about being racist. It's the facts. If it's in China, it needs to stay in China. Right. We shouldn't bring, it's just common sense. Yeah. We shouldn't bring. It's not racism. It's none of that. We shouldn't bring people over from the infected country into ours. We're just asking for it. Yeah. At that point. Mm -hmm. And then there's other considerations like we don't want to halt this thriving economy, you know, which Trump has touted. You know, he he's like GDP is doing great. Uh, unemployment's down. Jobs, jobs. The stock market is doing great. It's yeah. like we're a country. We're not just an economy. We're a country full of people. But he's a have, businessman, so he only looks at numbers. He does not look at Yeah, lives. it's a not because I'm a conservative myself, but it's like look at yeah, like the, yeah. we're people mm -hmm. that could die mm -hmm. because of this. And like it's not as it's not super dire right now, but it could get that way. And like I was also thinking y'all know the uh, the opioid crisis, right? Mm -hmm. It's it kills like 130 people a day. Yeah. It's killed 700,000 people since it started in 1999. And what has the government done to combat that, right? That's still happening, right? Mm -hmm. So if I look at that and I see that, then I look at this coronavirus and I'm like, am I totally confident the government would do anything to stop this virus considering the op opioid crisis? I don't know. Um, yeah, not very confident. Well, I think you guys did your opinion. <laughs> <laughs> I could um, probably keep going, but I mean. Well, the coronavirus has also mutated. Really? It's mutating. They are also saying that heat and alcohol can kill the virus. Mm -hmm. um, we were actually discussing this in my contemporary magazine writing class. Um, so, so far, they have determined that it has mutated, but people are comparing it on both ends. Comparing it to similar to not like with the symptoms, but it's the fact that you know the more TB gets transferred, the more resistant it becomes to medicine. Mm -hmm. um, so they were comparing it to that, but then there's a whole other side of people comparing it to just the flu because people can die from the flu shot right. or just getting the flu. So people, I mean, I think the issue right now is a lot of people in the United States just that are freaking out about the coronavirus is because they don't know what the coronavirus is actually doing. And as you yeah. said, you're saying, we're monitoring it. Like, yeah. how are you monitoring it? Okay. Well, <laughs> um, that kind of, my take on it was like the monitoring by not doing anything. They're basically just waiting for it to get worse. They're really saying right now, it's not, it's, it's not, not important enough for us to really do anything. Like, oh, it's only killed, it's only, it's only killed 160 people. So what, right? It's like, okay, but 
Now, what if that doubles? What if it gets to like 14,000? Then what's the plan? But I, th I think like if we don't do anything for too long, it could potentially reach a point to where it doesn't matter if we do anything because this is how far it's gotten. Yeah, it's too late. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like if when we do act, it, it could be too late. And it will kill maybe hundreds of thousands of people, potentially millions. I mean, I don't want that to happen, but like you always have to have like be prepared for the absolute worst in a situation like this. Like you can't take any chances with it. My nan always says, just in case. Yeah. So <laughs> just like save money for a rainy day. I'll probably write Let's go for a it. column on it coming up next week or yeah, something like that. But I guess I'll give a little spoiler alert into like what I'm thinking in my mind. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you want to go first? Um, it's been a really messy situation. Um, I do remember when he was like avoiding a lot um, of things going on with the impeachment. He had people um, not testify for him. He just makes yeah. himself, he just makes himself look sus. And it's like, he also talks this, you know, big ball game of, you know, him. Like you said, like stock market, I do all this, I do all this. Like, right, you know, yeah, that's just his personality. Yeah. It is, but it's like, you got to match that energy in your court. You got to match that energy yeah. in your facts. You can't just be letting people shut you down, but that's what he does. So, like, what do you think about the reasons for impeachment it like itself do you think like like considering the ukraine deal do you think what he, do you believe like what he think or what he did uh does equate to a crime did he violate did he abuse like they're saying did he abuse his power i'm gonna be completely honest i don't did he abuse his right of office i don't think so if I'm being completely honest, I don't think so. I mean, so? he's just doing, because he's just doing his job. Like, he just does what needs, and there's a lot of reasons behind what he does. He doesn't say the right things. He may not do it. Like, he's not complete, the most optical every right, time. Right, he's not the, like, but he, he does get it done. Like, he does speak his facts, and it is what it is. I don't think, like, like there's all the, there's several elements to it. There's, like, well... Like, Democrats are saying, this was quid pro quo. Republicans are saying, oh, this wasn't quid pro quo. Or quid pro quo. Um, in my mind, this is just Russiagate 2.0. If y'all remember the Russia, you know, the media, ever since he won the election in 2016. Should I probably be getting closer to the mic? I don't know. You're fine. Okay. <laughs> I, just, I just feel more comfortable leaning back. But y'all remember, as soon as he got elected, right? The, uh, the Russia thing was an excuse. Mm -hmm. At least to me, I'm like, oh, uh, Hillary didn't win. Oh, they're blaming it on Russia. Like, whatever. But no, that actually turned into like a whole two-year deal of trying to like prove that he colluded with Russia, which by the way, collusion isn't actually a crime. So, but like, I forget what the other thing was, but they were, they were trying to pin him down on Russiagate and he survived, right? 
and nothing came of it. You know, the Mueller report turned out to be a flop, a nothing burger, as a lot of people say. So now they couldn't get him on that. So now we're resorting to this Ukraine deal where basically Joe Biden and his son had business ties in Ukraine. He was on some like kind of gas company on the board of a gas company. And like there was some kind of secret handshake, secret deal. He, he made some money off of it. And Trump, all Trump really did was saying, hey, Ukraine, you know, we've done some things for you. We provide you aid and, and so on and so forth. You've done some good things for us. But could you look into, uh, you know, Joe Biden's son? I think there may be cor- some corruption going on. And he's doing that. I don't think, like Democrats are saying, I don't think he's doing that so he can, uh, you know, use this as political leverage against Biden. Number one, I don't think he's very worried about Biden. He's let's, not worried about anybody. Let's, let's be honest. I don't think Biden, <laughs> if anything, Biden would be his candidate of choice to go against. Can you imagine Joe Biden versus Donald Trump in the debates? Like in, really in, in the main that debate, you know, when they're standing up yeah. and they're, they got the mics. I mean, you like you remember how it was when he debated Hillary, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'd put you in jail. <laughs> So you even look like a <laughs> it didn't matter though, because people were like, "Yes, right." He's he was, and that's why I won. He he felt the pulse of the people. Mm-hmm. But so, confidence. yeah. But so I don't think it it was. I'm worried about Joe Biden threatening my presidency. So I'm going to you know see if the feds can investigate, or if you if Ukraine can internally investigate Joe Biden and his son. I really don't think that's the case. I really think it was just like it was um, actually it was well known that the company that Joe Biden's son was working for yeah. was very corrupt, and then it came out that yeah. Joe Biden's son was working for it, and then that's when everything. So if anything, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if anything, he is the commander in chief. He is the chief law executive officer. Mm-hmm. So like basically, that means he's like the highest law enforcement officer in the land. If he wants corruption investigated, he can do that. So that's what the whole impeachment thing is about. I really don't care, honestly, about impeachment. I mean, like, I know what's going on, but I really don't care about the day-to-day political theater because it distracts from other bigger issues. It does, it does. Totally. Like this coronavirus. Like, I said, the opioid crisis. They're worried about sitting in the court. That's all they're worried about. But... To my point, though, we shouldn't be worrying about it because we already know what the uh, what the result's going to be. He's not going to get impeached. He's not. The Senate is controlled by Republicans. Republicans would, are not going to impeach their president. That's a, well, that but like number two, like he would have to. There would have to be so, there would have to be at least twenty Republicans. Okay, he needs five Democrats. I think like five independents and 20 Republicans in the Senate to convict him to get him out of office. I don't see that happening. But basically what Democrats are trying to do, they're trying to make him look bad as possible so that they can possibly flip those Republicans that are kind of on the fence. I don't see it happening, though. It's like they would have to get 20. Maybe they can get, like, 15, and that'd be a lot. It still wouldn't be enough. Mm-hmm. So... I think it's a waste of time. How do you feel about um, the IRA? 
the Iran. Yeah, Iran attack. Um, are we talking about the Soleimani strike? Yeah, we are. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So at the time, I thought it was a horrible decision. I thought, okay, this is probably going to kick off World War Three because we go from the uh, we go from the attack on the embassy, or like they stormed our embassy, right? Not many people. No one was killed. A couple of people were injured. Our service members. And we, res- we respond to that by killing one of their top military leaders. To me, that was an act of escalation. I was like, okay. That seemed more like an abuse of power than what they're talking about with Ukraine. Well, how would it be abuse of power? I though? mean, it's just, it just seemed a little unnecessary like to take it that far. It was definitely an act of escalation. I was like, geez, okay, we're doing that. Yeah. Um, and so I originally was like, okay, this could definitely kick off World War Three because if you do something like that, that puts Iran in a position where they have to do something. Because mm-hmm. if they don't, then they, they look weak mm-hmm. to their people. But now in retrospect, we saw the result of the Soleimani killing, and Iran responded, but they sent out 15 missiles, four of, or no, no, no. Yeah, they sent out 15 missiles, four of them didn't even hit, and the other ones that did hit, they just hit, like, land or they didn't kill anybody. Mm-hmm. And the only carnage that occurred was that uh, that civilian passenger plane from Ukraine that got shot down accidentally. And, uh, and I think there were Canadian citizens on board. But so in retrospect, though, I don't know. I, I think it might have been a good decision because... It's, it was a message to Iran saying, like, like don't screw with us, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, like, we will kill your top military leader and you won't do a damn thing about it. Yeah. So it was kind of like an act of power, of force, reminding them, hey, you know, we're the United States. Um, I still don't want war with Iran, but, you know, and originally I thought this could really go south, but it didn't. It was actually an act of... Uh, of force, but that yeah, they didn't respond, and then and then so Trump was like, but you know what, we don't want war with Iran, we want peace. Like, let's talk, let's try to work this out. So, <laughs> all right, and you guys touched on the Democrats a little bit while you guys were talking about the impeachment, and so speaking of the Democrats, um, who do you think will be the Democratic nominee. I do. Huh? I do. You think? Mm-hmm. Why is that? I mean, just like you said, I can see them. I can see him and Trump at it. I mean, he has a lot of more people than Sanders. I feel like Sanders says a lot of stuff he doesn't talk about. Like, he talks a great game. But his go-to line? I don't know how many debates you've watched, but I feel like his go-to line is always, least people are talking about the bill. I wrote the damn bill. That seems like to be his only tagline, and uh, in the American people, they—it's—it's it's time we stand up to these corporations, the Wall Streets, the you know like. <laughs> you know what I'm saying though. It's like he—he he just says like the same. It's just like, I had like ten debates, so really, 
after the third one, everyone sounded like a broken record. Yeah. But, um, I don't know. But Sanders, he, yeah, he, he says the same stuff. Um, so you think Biden's going to be? Yeah. I think Biden, there's two ways to look at it. I think Biden represents the establishment of the Democratic Party. Mm-hmm. Like, he's still... Dude is so, like, sidetracked, but this dude is so old. Like, I remember in one time during the debate, he said, like, you know, we got to do something, something, so when you come home and keep the keep the record player going, it's like, what are you talking about, dude? <laughs> He's had so many gaffes like that. His One of his slogans is no malarkey. Really? You know, like, that's about <laughs> as old and white as you can possibly get. But, like, he is the establishment version of like the democratic party in contrast to Liz Warren, who we'll get into later, you know, who is, I, I believe represents the woke wing of yeah. the democratic party that has really kind of taken control of the cockpit mm-hmm. in the yeah. Democrat party, because like you see all these crazy things being espoused in the democratic debates, like, uh, you know, trans women are dying at an epidemic rate. I remember Kamala Harris when she was still in the race. She was like, 12 trans women of color have died so far this year. It's like, damn, that's it? Like, only 12? Like, you're calling this an epidemic? And then there's like, I, I remember Juan Castro was like, we need to ensure that uh, that transgender men can have access to abortion. And to the average person, is <laughs> like, what? Hold on, yeah. hold on. But So a transgender man, okay, so they're born a woman, and then they're Man, or there, he might have even said transgender women need access to abortion, which means a biological man transitioning into a woman needs access to abortion, which wouldn't make any sense. But anyways, that's the kind of wing that Liz Warren represents. Yeah. Joe Biden, he doesn't get as crazy like that, so I think he's like the safer bet. His policies aren't crazy. He's more like what normal, what the average American. And identify with. Yeah. They don't want to scare away the uh, the average vote, right? Yeah. But so that's that's where Bernie comes into play, because Bernie, he's not like as woke as Liz Warren culturally, but like his policies, they're they're more polarizing. They're kind of like Trump in 2016, because like Trump kind of ran on or ran on like, you know. I'm the politician for the working man. You know, Hillary sold uranium to or Ukraine or Russia or whatever. And, you know, she, she wants coal mining jobs to go out of business. I'm here for you, right? That's kind of the vibe that Bernie brings when, when he gives that kind of rhetoric of like, you know, the corporations need to pay their fair share, which I totally agree on. Yeah. Um, you know, Wall Street, uh, the insurance companies, we're going to take them to the cleaners and all this. So he, he kind of has more dissenting rhetoric. He's not an establishment type. I think that resonates more with voters because I think Americans do see that, like, you know, America is really controlled by corporations. And that's a whole nother topic. But they're being used and abused and it's not to, you know, the interests of the American people. Like where corporations are selling out uh, citizens for cheap labor and we're bringing over more people 
to compete with Americans for jobs. And so, but Bernie, <laughs> it's so crazy. Like Bernie will say something like that, but then we'll show for more mass immigration, which conflicts with, exactly. you know, Americans competing for jobs in their own country, which mm-hmm. is kind of messed up. Yeah. But I think it could go like either, I don't know. I think the top three is definitely Warren, Sanders, and Biden. I think Yang is out. Did he drop out? I thought he dropped out. I haven't heard anything about I don't him in a minute. I don't think he dropped out. I think because I, I saw him on the timeline still giving a spiel of like a thousand bucks a month and, and that type of deal. Honestly, I don't see them giving it to Bernie. You know, like how he got cheated in the, in the 2016 primary mm-hmm. with Hillary? Mm-hmm. And then what? Th- then he kissed her boots later, you know, and sweet talked her. And then uh, it got behind her. And now Hillary, once again, four years later, is doing the same thing. She attacked uh, Sanders. She was like, yeah, he, he doesn't really get a whole lot done. He's He hasn't done this or that. He's, he's a weird guy or whatever. So I don't think – I don't see the DNC – going with Bernie. I think they're going to go with Joe. Um, Joe Biden is going to die in office. Like, let's just, you know, call a spade a spade. <laughs> Have you seen how many gaffes this guy has had? No? No. The, the thing that I didn't get, Joe Biden really shouldn't have even been a blue chip candidate to begin with. Have you seen the videos of him touching young girls? Like, not... Y'all haven't seen this? What? Guys, y'all, oh my god. I am going, I am, Grant Palmer's on the mic. <laughs> Grant Palmer is going to wake up the Valdosta State campus to so much information this, this semester, you will not be able to believe it. Yes. I look forward to this. Guys. Oh my gosh, I didn't know about Joe, no. There, there's, hear me out, there is a two and a half minute compilation video on YouTube of Joe Biden. Okay, it's not like him in a dark room, right? It's I, I it's like it. out in <laughs> the open. But him caressing the chest of young girls like while they're taking pictures. He's had a lot of weird encounters with people at his rallies. Yeah, it's um I will try to pull it up once we get off this podcast, but to me I was like how is the media overlooking how like how? How is this guy the front runner? You know, if this was Trump Oh my God! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! He would have been. He would have been done. But and happens got, to. Oh right. Okay. So, that rhetoric. But. <laughs> but I mean, obviously, like not even close to. I, I will show exactly. y'all. I will show y'all this stuff of what, of what uh, Biden, has been caught on tape doing. It is disgusting and it just blows my mind how and and trump has said some weird stuff before about ivanka i'm not not even gonna front but i mean (laughs) biden though like and then it's that on top of the gaffes on top of him just like getting destroyed at at these debates he's and he's old he's like what 81 his brain is his brain has malfunctioned so many times before our very eyes, if he were to get into office, <laughs> I'm so sorry. he, I'm not joking, he would probably die while in office. Yeah. Same with Sanders. Sanders had a heart attack. I was going to say, Sanders is old, too. These people are too damn old. 
No, as Trump said before, no strength, no stamina. So it's like on a physical <laughs> level, <laughs> on a physical level, I don't see any of the, any of these people being able to go against Trump. Like yeah. physically, yeah. like yeah. the guy may eat Big Macs and stuff, but I don't know. He's, he's yeah. running on full steam. He's, he's got great energy. I mean, can you imagine, you know, how, how much the, uh, you know, the presidency really just ages you? Like, yeah. remember the it pictures does. of Obama, like, 08 to side. 16? Yeah. He had grade so much. Trump is looking pretty good so far in first term. Um, so. <laughs> so. <laughs> Anyways. Um, but that's what I feel about the Democratic nominee. Mm -hmm. And the one Democratic nominee that we did not touch on completely, Elizabeth Warren. Yes. Um, Quote-unquote from Grant. Liz Warren is going full SJW. So, uh, enlighten me. Not to sound like a, you know, like one of these milquetoast conservatives that are all like, Oh, liberal tears. L let me drink your liberal tears from, from, the, from the mug or whatever, like Steven Crowder. Uh, are you triggered, libtard? You know, I'm, I'm not. I don't abide by that. I don't say that in my regular day life. Those are what I call normie conservatives. I happen to be a little bit more based than those people. But, um, yeah, Elizabeth Warren is the woke candidate, like I explained before. She is totally about virtue signaling and she said she said plenty of things like this before like i remember tucker carlson i don't know if y'all are familiar with him no he's a fox news personality he's different from the rest of the fox news people though so he's cool to me but he he, he covered this one time like elizabeth warren said again playing into the trans woman of color card she was like you know <laughs> If, if I win the presidency, I promise to every single year go into uh, the White House Rose Garden and to read all the names of transgender women of color that died that year. She's really like striking social justice. Like, it's like how many, how many, trans it's not how many names? Huge. That'd be an endless list, wouldn't it? Yeah. It's just, but anyways... She really just a lot of her, her her stuff is just virtue signaling, like virtue signaling, especially with the trans issue or the trans question. Like, I, I don't know what your views on the on you know transgender rights or whatever. I feel like it's a little bit overreaching. Um, but yeah, it, it's that there was one debate where. A transgender child who was nine years old, which I don't know if that child underwent surgery or, but there is actually another truth bomb, since y'all didn't know about the, um, the the Biden touching young girls thing. It is a Democratic position now uh, to be supportive of pumping children with um, puberty blockers. Children? Like eight, eight nine-year-old children. Exactly. That's the main argument. It's like, you know, you don't allow, you don't allow people. You never make, you never allow kids to make decisions. Like, why would you have right. to make this decision? Of changing the opposite sex? Right. Like, their identity? So yeah. Soon? yeah. I mean, 
Yeah. I'm all like I want people to feel comfortable yeah. in their own bodies. Yeah. But at the age of eight or nine years old, that is a little much for me. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there will be people who disagree with that and are like, no, my family knows what they want. When I was eight years old, I still wanted to be a doctor. Exactly. Like, <laughs> student. So, and I know that's like completely different spectrums, but yeah. that's definitely something that. There's one thing that it's like I was saying, I feel like a girl at eight years old, and then they feel like, and then, but you don't know what's going to happen, because yeah. things do change. Kids change, change their mind, and especially in today's society, wow, look at me, get me into this pop. Okay. But whatever. <laughs> but like, kids change their mind as much as they change their underwear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they, with how society is now. There is something about transgenders all over the internet, all over the TV. They have that TV it's show. It's being promoted to them. It's being promoted yeah. to them. Like, it makes them almost feel like, maybe I have to. Like, maybe, maybe I should. Maybe that's how I feel. Yeah. Like, oh, I like my mom's dresses. Or, oh, I, I yeah. don't like wearing dresses. Right. Because like, that's typically what people say about mm-hmm. those first signs of, you know, they, they started wearing my dresses, but they thought it was a phase. Like, that was a big thing. Yeah. But you have to wait until the person, the child, is like at least close to hitting puberty before yeah. they make those decisions. I th- yeah. yeah, I think it's because be I understand. I understand the Honestly, process. Yeah. Because no. Because well, no, it's like no, you can't no. go back and change, you, you know, can't. and have puberty again. Mm-hmm. We're talking puberty blockers, hormone blockers. That you're playing with God at right. that point. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, yeah. maybe not all the listeners are religious, but I, I don't think that's what nature intended. I don't think nature intended someone to chemically, you know, stop the natural process of their body growing and developing to change and to switch into the opposite sex, which technically you really can't do because your chromosomes uh, determine your your uh, your gender. But then there's then that that leads into the topic of oh, well, science says now that gender is actually on a spectrum and that um, you can self-identify as, as another gender. When, when it's like, okay, so can I self-identify as, like, another race? You know, it's like... That's a huge uproar. It's, so it's just like... Well, it's getting, it's getting pretty ridiculous. It's getting Come on. very yeah. nitty-gritty. Yeah. It's very, like, you say one thing and they're like, okay, like, and you figure out a solution to that and then someone else just tries to create an issue. Yes, yes. No it's first-world problems at the fullest. Mm-hmm. We don't, ha- okay, we have, I'd say we have, and I can't name really any, but we have a couple of issues that need to be addressed that are, like, actually dire. But, you know, I mean, we're a first world country. We are obviously the most privileged country in the world. So that means, naturally, if we don't really have anything that is dire, we're going to create problems. Mm-hmm. Because what else are we going to do? I, I mean, I get it, like, the economy... De- Here's the thing about the economy. It's like, the economy is doing really good. There's, you know, job growth, and the GDP is doing great. Yeah. But the cost of living is very expensive. It is. You know, like, I know... It, it's like, college graduates, right? A lot of them, what are at least 20, 50, 100K in debt? They can't even find uh, a job in their field of employment. Rent's expensive. 
you know, and and I really disagree with conservatives when you know they they stick to the whole "we'll pick yourself up by the bootstraps" kind of rhetoric. You know, it's like no uh, college debt, crippling debt is a problem. These kinds of things need to be addressed. And so it's it's frustrating because it's like you're on the side that socially it is with you know it understands that w- what the current left is representing is freaking out there, but at the same time, no party's perfect. You know, Republicans really don't care for except for like fiscal responsibility, which I mean, whatever that means, the debt's ever increasing every single year, the national debt. But personal finance and stuff like that, it, they just stick to the same talking points of socialism sucks. Socialism doesn't work. Um, you know, just work hard. You can do it. Mm-hmm. Work two or three <laughs> jobs. Work a soul-crushing job and, like, never have time to live. Hey, at least you're contributing to the GDP, right? Yep. Job, job, <laughs> jobs, right? It's There's no political solution, my personal belief. But, and there's definitely not a party that suits everyone's interests. I think we can all agree on yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're, ne- you're never going to have a perfect world. But that's kind of where we're at right now. There's a plethora of issues, and uh, I think our priorities are kind of way out of whack. Oh, yeah. Well, I think that's all we have for you today. Um, definitely look out every Monday for our podcast and if you are listening and you would like to join us one day or come talk to us the spectator meets doors on open. wednesdays um at 5 30 doors open feel free um spec talk also comes out now every monday wednesday and friday so the guys and i will see you on wednesday